Hey guys, what's up? It's the VAR podcast. I'm your mod Aryan Kanna, and we're going to talk about the UCL matches that are going to take place on 23rd and 24th of Feb. We have quite a few good matches here. We have Villarreal Juventus, we have Chelsea Lille, we have Benfica Ajax, and we have United Atletico. So, and I'm joined by my guests Amik, Sidhat, Arunya, and Nachi. Hey guys, what's up? Hi, hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. So, so let's start talking about Villarreal versus Juventus, a match that has the Europa League holders against a team that's in some sort of a disarray right now, but with a good window, they hope towards a good conclusion to the season. So let's start up with Juventus. Let's start up with Juventus. So that, what do you think about Juventus's current position in Serie A? Yeah, um, Juventus. Uh, at the beginning of the season, they took did look a bit off, but off late they have done well. They have scraped, scraped wins against some of the better looking teams with better stats and all. So Allegri has done a a better job in the last you can say one or two months. And uh, like the game against Villarreal, they have always progressed against a Spanish opponents in the UCL. And like this is the first time uh, Villarreal and Juventus are even meeting in the UCL because this is the second appearance for Villarreal in uh, UEFA Champions League. They have always been uh, more or less in the Europa League and they have not been able to make Europe. So this is a big moment for them for Villarreal. And as opposed to Juventus, they have they are pretty much the uh, you know the favorites or like not always the favorites, but yeah, in the past five ten years they have always been the favorites to win the Champions League. They know their they know this terrain very well. So that's that, and uh, like Juventus in the C- uh, league, they are fourth in Serie A right now, and uh, they do have a good uh, like they are just uh, like uh, three or four points off safety. Like uh, at fifth position, there's Atlanta, who have 44 points, and Juventus is on 47 points in fourth position. And um, currently, AC Milan is leading the league again. So yeah, like many of the like doubters were saying that they won't even make top. For Juventus, they would hardly make it to top six, but yeah, uh, they have done pretty well job in the last uh, few months. And <clears throat> coming to uh, Villarreal, um, so yeah, this is only their uh, second appearance in the European competition, the uh, Champions League, and the knockout stages. And uh, like Juventus have progressed from six of their eight uh, like ties against Spanish opponents. So that's a very good uh, advantage for them, like in terms of history. But uh, like the odds and all, it also gives uh, kind of fair side to Villarreal because they have been playing well, also, and uh, they do look good in knockouts. So, Juve, they came first in the Champions League group despite having the holders Chelsea in it. They beat Chelsea once, and they were pretty comfortably qualified. So, Siddharth. Do you think that this was Juve's way of saying that we are focusing on the Champions League now, so we don't mind dropping a few points in Serie A because we know we can pick up? Yeah, uh, yeah as you can see, uh, Chelsea slipped up a bit in the last match against the Inutrian Peters, but they dropped points and they finished second. So, Juventus also had a commanding uh, wins against the rest of the group uh, stages, stage teams, and especially against Zenit. But then you have to see the matchups between Chelsea and Juventus. The one that happened at Stamford ended four nil in favor of Chelsea, and they won very comfortably. Even though it was like, uh, like there were many changes from Juventus, they did not feel a very stronger eleven. But yeah, and in the game that 
Juventus won against Chelsea. Uh, it was uh, like in the month of September, I guess. So that when Chiesa scored, like it was a very convincing win. Chelsea had all the possession, and uh, Juventus did not look very good in attacking, but they made the chance count when it happened, and uh, they won the match. So when it comes to Juventus versus Chelsea head to head, I feel Chelsea has always dominated Juventus in terms of play, but uh, Juventus focused on other areas as well. Like they even trapped places up in Serie A, and they also finished top of their group in the Champions League. So, which I feel is a very good achievement in itself. So, who's going to be a standout player for the match? Um, if Vlahovic starts, I think he will be a standout player because the like even the GSI is in, out and injured, still have a lot of players supplying balls into the and they have always needed a good target back. Okay, you know that. Uh, even after like Ronaldo left, someone had to fill his boots or uh, like Murata is always not like reliable or consistent enough. If like he's mostly offside or he is mostly like lacking in positions and like the positioning and the man is is some something that needs to be better and that too in case of uh, like competitors in Champions League and even though like uh, Juventus they face Villarreal which is a pretty good team defensively they do and a pretty decent team attack uh, like in the term of attack I still feel uh, if Vlaovic is given the amount of space and work he will definitely score so he is going to be standout player for me. Yeah, and another player I would like to mention is Zakaria, a bargain signing for Juventus, and someone who has gotten them, who's gotten their midfield the aggressiveness, the defensive touch. So for so as we've said, the two standout players from Juve we think are going to be Vlahovic and Zakaria. Aronia, let's talk about Villarreal, the Europa League holders. They beat a good a man. United team that was in good shape at that time. They beat them in the finals. And Villarreal had Man United. Villarreal had Atalanta in their group. And despite that, they managed to come second. And now they they have been looking like a solid defensive unit. So what do you, how do you rate their chances in the match? See, Villarreal is one of those teams which no coach wants to face. They're a very stubborn defense. They work so hard on the ball and off the ball that it really makes it difficult for teams to penetrate and actually get sizable chances to score and capitalize. And and there are a few teams which are not comfortable having the ball. This team is comfortable even with the ball. So, Villarreal is a very tricky test for a a newly clicking, freshly informed Juventus. I feel this is going to be a very tactical match because Unai Emery is very good in knockout competitions. Obviously, the Europa League is a step inferior than the Champions League. But we have seen the man is a veteran of knockout competitions. So I think this is going to be a very good match. It sure will be. So Villarreal, they they are not really positioned in the league, are they? So the league they are going through their own ups and downs. So is it, so are they focusing on Champions League or do you think it's bad form? Um, for a team like Villarreal, it's not that they have it. I mean, it's not a Champions League qualification from the group might be a uh, uh, might be an important thing, but I don't think uh, Unai Emery or the board have any hope for you know progressing 
in the Champions League to actually, you know, leading to win it. So I think it's not that they were focusing on the Champions League, but the last match versus Atlanta, they capitalized on Atlanta mistakes. So, and Danjuma really came out clutch because Atlanta was the better team, but they were not able to convert their chances. As I said, this team makes, you know, Gerard Moreno, he's really helped uh, Villarreal get to where they are at the moment in the season. But obviously, when you have a close knit of 15 to 16 players, which you need to play for 60 matches around the season, the performance dips because because the other teams which you're competing against are not that, you know, thin in their, not paper thin in their scores. So that is what has happened to Villarreal. But I think they will recover. They might get your rope, might not get UCL because of Barca resurgence. But yes, this is what I feel. From what I gathered, you think Gerard Moreno is going to be one of the standout players? And do you... Yeah, I'm... Fortunately, he is not available for Villarreal. That's a big blow. But uh, and a lot of other people are not. Frankis Coquelin is not available. Ruben Pina is not available. Giovanni Lo Celso is getting treatment. And then Etienne Kepu is, has a minor injury. So a lot of big names for a small group of players in Villarreal are absent. So he will have to, you know, really chalk out a master plan if he has to take on Juventus and have a fair chance of beating them. So, Siddharth, your score prediction for the match? Uh, I am going for uh, Juventus to Villarreal 1. So, you will want Villarreal then? Um, I feel it is going to be a one-all because uh, that's what Villarreal do. They are very good at set pieces. I, it is going to be a one-all, but it could really get very, very nasty for Villarreal because both of these teams, even Allegri's first stint with uh, Juventus was Juventus was the Villarreal. They were very stubborn in their defense. So uh, I feel it is going to be one-all, or it's just going to be over in the first leg itself. Thank you for thank you for the input. We have. Quite a similar prediction from both both our experts. So the next match we're gonna talk about is Chelsea versus Lille. The League One holders versus the Champions League holders. Shamik, Lille were the League One holders, but now they've fallen from grace. They're tenth right now. So again, is it a downfall because they're focusing on Champions League, or is it just the fact that they've sold all their players? I think it's uh, the fact that they sold the players who were absolutely essential for them, such as selling of Mike Mignon, sell to Milan, to by, and followed by selling Bubakari Sumari to Leicester for around 13 to 14 million, didn't help their cause in any way. And now in January, they sold players like Jonathan Ikone and um, Yusuf Yazizi, who were, who were plain outright uh, first 11 players for them. But uh, for that reason, it has not been a very good season for Lille uh, by any sorts. Uh, they have not been able to get any kind of form whatsoever. There, it's been lots of draws, lots of wins, followed by a streak of losses. They had a shock loss against in the Coupe de France, which absolutely demolished the morale. Fortunately, in the Champions League, where they had to play teams like Red Bull, Salzburg, Sevilla and Wolfsburg, they lost against Salzburg 2-1 in uh, September. 
but they made up for it by winning the last three match days and uh, they were top of the league, uh, they were top of the group rather but now they as i told you their luck hasn't been working in their favor this season like come on like in the draw when you get chelsea once they got them again so i i do not expect much from them at this point of time but i hope to see them as the party poopers for chelsea uh the party pooper statement do you think that would still have been possible if renato sanchez wasn't injured because he is going to miss that match so without renato sanchez do you think lil actually have a chance to shock chelsea um i don't know renato sanchez's fitness has been pretty shady at this point of time uh, i think uh, gurbanek would consider uh, he's i think half fit but uh, so there's a chance that renato sanchez might come in the later half of the match but uh, no i don't think this would make a significant dis- uh, difference to the entire score so now let's talk about chelsea the champions league holders the team that have been a brilliant defensive unit so that chelsea are going into this match after having quite a lot of controversy with romelu lukaku they are not scoring enough goals they are creating the chances or and there have been some bad performances straight up so do you think chelsea go in this match with a mixed threat mindset uh, yes exactly uh, they do go in with uh, <clears throat> what do you say like they have been the champions league holders and uh, they have been pretty dominant in the group stages but then again as i said earlier about the slip up they did against zenit and they considered like three goals they were Three two, they were leading three two, but then again, last moment slip up thing, and uh, they considered like three goals against team like Zenit, and they finished second in their own group stage, and and that too against a team they finished second to Juventus against a team that they comfortably beat four nil at home. So yeah, uh, things are pretty unpredictable around Chelsea at the moment. Like they are good, they're a very good team, but because of the uh, like huge number of injuries. and the squad and uh, some like doubts and like not the not a good link up play with romelu lukaku as well uh, they do lack a good target man and that like in the classic nine role but uh, like if they play warner havertz up front and uh, they do something like if tuchel carves out a master class like not even a master class but if marks a good uh, tactics and management he will easily overcome uh, lele it's not big of a deal So, yeah, you can say that Lil and Chelsea, Chelsea do seem the favourites. But a man who has been turning tables against Chelsea has to be Romelu Lukaku. He's been in the team and he's been turning tables against them. The interview, the form he's had, he had seven touches in his previous match against Palace. That is straight up embarrassing for a striker of his caliber. So, so how do you think his form will affect the match? yeah uh, it would affect the match if lukaku plays but uh, there are other things to look after like uh, other players like mason mount is likely to be absent again and he was a real key player for chelsea last season he was an amazing player in the classic uh, like you know eight number eight role you can say so since mount would be absent uh, there might be problems with lille midfield because they might dominate there and start breaking havoc on the Chelsea defense like even though there are a good number of defenders here in Chelsea and like Callum Hudson-Odoi is still unable to feature and 
Aspiriquita uh, had a problem with the groin injury, so whether he would be available or not, Kushal has still injuries on uh, doubts about. It. So yeah, uh, even though the like defense is not very vulnerable, it still is uh, to a little attack. But I think uh, with uh, like decent tactics and man management and fielding some good like players like creative players like Havertz and all, uh, even Werner to make up some space and run behind, uh, they can easily uh, catch up to Lille and score some goals. Shami, is there any star player that Lille haven't sold who can actually be the difference in the match? There is. There are two people up front. Whenever they play, there's always a danger of breaching the opponent defence. Right? Yeah, so that's Jonathan David and Burak Ilmaz. The old statesman from who finally played, who, who last season came from uh, Super League in Turkey to a top five league in Europe. He was always considered an underrated man and he showed that why experience matters. Jonathan David, another Canadian superstar who was supposed to, who was supposed to be a fag bearer for Canada along with Alfonso Davies for a long period of time, is also playing pretty well. But uh, the Lace Doge's form since this turn of the year makes it very difficult for someone on this panel to envisage any shocks in the English capital on the day. So, you're picking, you're picking Jonathan David. Another player I would like to add in this list has to be Sven Botman. Pro- probably the one, one of the few reasons Lil actually won the league last season. A solid defender. And it's going to be an interesting contest seeing Chelsea's again, attack against him. Siddharth, who do you think will be Chelsea's star player in this match? I think Havertz will be. He's a very big game player, and with the amount of talent and creativity he has, if he starts, I'm pretty sure he will be a uh, like a star player for Chelsea. And score predictions with that? Uh, I'm going for Chelsea to eleven. Shami, uh, Chelsea have been far from inspiring, but uh, looking at whatever they have done so far, I go for two nil in favor of Chelsea. Okay, so both the people are backing Chelsea to win this one. So the next match, it's Benfica versus Ajax. Ajax, a talent factory who have produced superb players time and time again. And again, with with Eric Den Haag at the helm, this they look to breeze to the Champions League. Benfica, they're third in their league and have put up quite a decent performance in the Champions League. So, Benfica. Benfica, I wouldn't say it's one of the best teams right now. But the fact that they were managed to beat a team like Barcelona and send them to the Europa League speaks volume of what they can do at times. I mean, you can't say that they were the best team in that group, which consisted of Bayern, Barcelona, Kiev and Benfica. But sparring the two games that they had against Bayern, they were absolutely phenomenal. Beating Barcelona 3-0 at home, then getting a draw at Camp Nou. They were, they meant substance. But it's not been the same case as when it comes to the league. They have lost against their arch rivals, Oto, uh, Sporting, and they are currently third in the group, uh, third in the league rather. Uh, do I see any chance against Ayaz? I am uh, I don't really see any chance because uh, they, other than Darwin Nunes up front, there's been a kind of a hole behind. If Julian Weigel doesn't show up then during big games, then there is a problem completely. There's an absolute void in the center, similar to a Atletico Madrid kind of situation, but even in, but even in a deep sense. 
So you think the defense of Nicholas Otamendi and Botongen is weak? They are two stellar friends. No, no, that that I, I didn't say that. I would never, 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 never rule out both of them because both of them showed us what they are capable of whenever in the times at City and Spurs respectively. But age sometimes tends to catch up. And with Jan Vertonghen, it's been the case of concussion. Uh, he's pretty much not been the same guy since he had suffered the big concussion that he had in the semi-final against Spurs. So that's a pretty long time he's been suffering from. Automendi, on the other hand, has been doing pretty well. He's, he's like the fulcrum of the entire team. The guy who shouts from behind and tells people to do their job properly, like he's always been doing. But I don't think both of their presence would suffice for a very good win against Arsenal. So I think one standout player that we anyway heard of was Nunes, Davin Nunes. Mm-hmm. So what what about players like Silva or Everton Suarez? Do you think they can have an impact or even Grimaldo? Alejandro Grimaldo, look on that day anyone can have an impact. It's not not just these three guys, but anyone on those on playing for Benfica on that day can just turn up and just turn the game on its head. But the people you spoke about like Everton and. Uh, other than Darwin Nunes, of course. But there is a chance that they might pull off a stellar performance depending on how Ajax comes up on that day. But uh, speaking about their performance lately, it's far from convincing. So I do not give them any kind of, a, you know, any kind of, what do you call it, perks or any kind of brownie points to give up a beautiful performance on that day. But honestly speaking, Benfica might give a very tough competition to Ajax if... If and only if uh, Darwin Nunes fires. That's a big if. And trust me, that's a big if. Alright. So, Ajax. Nachiket. Ajax had the players like Dele, De Jong sold. And still, every season, they managed to come up with some new kind of a gem. And they always managed to sh- shock everyone. So, what do you, how do you rate their chances in this match? I think it's like, uh, you know... They are going to bully Benfica completely. And even though uh, Benfica's defence has been put in Champions League comparatively, to be honest, uh, I, they have uh, not considered a single goal against Barcelona in both the games. Uh, I can say good defence, but you know the minimum score I expect from Ajax is 3-1 here. Uh, their striker up front, Haller, has been amazing in... Uh, UCL and uh, you you have talents like Anthony at the right wing and uh, Tadic is a very experienced forward who who was even part of that uh, Ajax dream run uh, who that went till semi final that as well and uh, even with the uh, so many uh, midfielders they sold Tiong uh, and uh, Donny Vanderbeek they got new players like Craven Birch. Uh, uh, Eddie Alvarez and uh, Steven Borgois, who are like Borgois is in some form of his life right now, and maybe Graven Birch is not having the best of his uh, playing time because la- compared to last season, he's not in the form of on this top form right now. But still, it will what what do you say? It will overrun uh, Benfica's midfield easily. All right, so that's shots fired at Benfica. So, with Ajax, I think there are quite a few star players there. They and those the strange thing about those players, they came from nothing. Like Dusan Tadic came with some unsuccessful spells, and again he has been vital for Ajax. Same with Sebastian Oller. 
So who do you pick as your main player for Ajax? For me, main player of Ajax is honestly going to be Sebastian Allery. That guy is firing every single game in uh, UCL right now, and I I predict him to score it, uh, two goals against Benfica easily. I, so it will be an interesting contest watching Otamendi and Watongen versus Oler. So <laughs> this is going to be a good match. And what about what do you think will the mindset of Ajax be with their manager, the man who has been at the helm of everything, having rumors of moving away from the club? There have been quite a few Man United rumors there. So do you think that will hinder in Ajax's minds? No, I don't think so because the rumors have been going on for a long time now and it should have been hindered by now. And they are in pretty good form. They have won last five games. And not just one, but pretty much bullied the other team completely. And with uh, Ajax and Eric Tenag is pretty much one of those coming up managers who the world of football has very high expectations. Uh, he also uses 4-3-3. So it, it will pretty... I, I pretty much expect a bullying from X for Benfica. So, so on that note, give us your score prediction for the match. Three-one. I'll I'll be nice to Benfica. I think it will be a three-one. Darwin will score one and. I uh, I do not have faith on either of the defense this time around because uh, this is going to be a very fluid game. By all means, so I give a prediction of five two in the favor of Ajax. Those were some contrasting score lines for Benfica versus Ajax, but the one thing this match promises is going to be a hailstorm of goals. So now we go to the next match: Manchester United versus Atletico Madrid. Two teams who are faltering right now. They are pretty much mirror reflections of each other right now. Both the teams. They have a good squad. Both the teams have a decent manager. And both the teams are letting goals in left, right and centre. Arunya, let's talk about Atletico Madrid. That They were the La Liga holders one season back. And now, suddenly, there's been a disarray. And despite them not letting go of a lot of players, in fact, they procured players, but still, there has been a huge, huge difference between last year's Atletico and this year's Atletico? First of all, uh, one major reason of Atletico's downfall is the downfall of Luis Suarez. He was carrying them. He was scoring winners after winners every La Liga match. But he has been missing due to various reasons. They've not been able to create for him. He has not been able to keep himself fit. So, a clutch striker is missing from uh, Atletico Madrid's camp. And the others they have are obviously of not of that pedigree. Similarly, they have... First, they started off well. But then they did drop off because of multiple injuries and multiple COVID-19 infections in their squad. And apart from that, the brand of football which they play is a brand which belonged into the 1990s. I mean, a good defense can draw you a match, but a good attack or a good expansive attack can win you a match. So the with the games, which the way they would like to play uh, with Simeone is not actually, you know, a way in which a team can be successful consistently. 
and that is why we see uh, uh, this 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 platform for Simeone's side is always there. They get a good striker, they win, and then they go into a rebuild. That's what has happened when they bought Davi Villa from Barca. That's what happened when they bought Luis Suarez from Barca. Apart from that, they have a lot of people missing. Again, they have Yannick Carrasco suspended, and they have Thomas Lemar who's missing. They have Daniel Ross who's missing. They have Mark Matthias Cunha, which is who is missing. So they again, like Villarreal, have a lot of absentees, which will work in Man United's favor. And they have been surprisingly very, very indisciplined. They have had almost three yellow cards or three bookings per match. They have had almost 2.5 yellow cards or red cards, you know, I mean, inclusive of both across the, their La Liga seasons. Imagine, let's just, throw, let's just throw a number at you. They have had 71 bookings in 25 matches in La Liga. Now, that is insane for any team because that's a lot of yellow cards. So, you know, apart from uh, lack of players and lack of, I mean, squad injuries, they have really been uh, I mean, very un- indisciplined. Well, it's either that or the refs are finally seeing Atletico Madrid play, though. They they are called they are being called Atletico for a reason. So when it comes to Atletico Madrid, it's it's as if the entire game is dependent on Correa. He plays well, Atletico managed to eke out a win. He doesn't play well, Atletico are gone. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a big club has needs a person to, you know, at least score 20, 25 goals a season. And unfortunately, even Korea has not been able to give that consistently. But yes, he has in the month of January and December, he did carry their attack solely because others were all misfiring. So, yes, a player in form. Uh, a, a team unable to make goals equals to a very, very important player for that side. So, yes, he is a very important player for them. And the anti of this statement will be the fact a player like Jan Obla, who was such an important cog in their wheel, now he has been having probably the worst phase of his life. He has been abysmal between the sticks. So, will Obla, will Obla come into the match on the different mindset, like I'm not in a good form. What do I do? I'm facing Cristiano Ronaldo. What do you think will be the mindset of Jan Oblak? Jan Oblak, um, obviously, we've seen this in a lot of good goalkeepers that they suddenly out of the blue just dip in form. We've seen this with David De Gea, we've seen this with Mark Andre Tegan. They just, I mean, something happens and they just start having a bad season. So, and it's very difficult to come back from it. So, I feel, I mean, he can, you know, obviously Simeone, the sports psychologist, will have, tell him that this is a fresh match. You are who you are. You, you just need to be focused and concentrated. But I think the form which he has been, you know, been uh, showing in his games are partly because of uh, Atletico Madrid being a bit poor. But I don't think so. It could, you know, Overnight could change Jan uh, Oblak's mindset about the way he's been this season. So I don't think that is going to be a big, uh, you know, a game changer for him suddenly. It, he's going to be, he's going to remain the way he was. So, Nachiket, 
Atletico Madrid, they have been going through a bad phase for the past few months now. But we can say that about United for at least the past five, four to five years. No trophies. They have lacked the finishing edge in important matches. And now they have lacked the finishing edge in general. They have missed over 10 XG in the past five matches. So even if Oblak's in a bad form, you think United will not be able to capitalize that? If Oblak is in a bad form, okay, but I think we will we will be able to finish. We have someone of Bruno Fernandez who has come back to who has come back to life pretty much at the right time for United, who is scoring goals, who is uh, providing assists for them. And we also got Sancho who has who has come back to life, who is, you know, uh uh Discovering his life back, how was it? How it was at Dortmund? Now he's uh, dribbling past uh, the defenders so easily. And uh, hearing from Arunia, I can say uh, Atletico's defense is very what uh, uh, indisciplined right now. Uh, I think Sancho can capitalize on that and dribble and give, give the ball to Ronaldo, who can. I hope this is a turning game for him. Because the finishing quality which Ronaldo is, it just cannot go... Uh, 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 over the night, and he can come back in this game. He has the con. He, ha- he has the confidence. He has scored many hat tricks. Hat tricks against a goalkeeper like Oblak, and right now he's in his weak form. I think Ronaldo has to capitalize from this. And I, I can say we have a. If Sancho comes out, and uh, if we start Pogba in this game, we have pretty good chances. Uh, we can over and then midfield and. Uh, take a good uh, advantage of their weak defence. And what about the fact that Manchester United have been again missing chances left, right and centre? And you talked about Bruno Fernandes. Didn't Bruno Fernandes recently just miss a sitter? Not against just that, uh, not against just Middlesbrough. In the next match itself, Ronaldo gave him a pretty good pass hmm. and against Brighton he missed where the goalkeeper he shot on the goalkeeper's body and that's how his shoots have been. Like he's been shooting the goalkeeper's body for a few weeks now. Uh, I think that happens sometimes. But right now, if if I have to see the, his recent, uh, the last game, uh, he he was pretty much on point with everything. And even against Brighton, if you see the goal he scored, it was so techy. Uh, he just uh, he even faked the cameraman there. I think he has come back to life at right time for United. And yeah, United's defense. Probably the reason that United don't have a title, don't have any kind of a trophy right now. And with the captain himself, Harry Maguire, who's been trolled and called Slabhead, Fridge. And if I start listing out his names, quite a few hours. <laughs> so, yeah, what yeah, do you think yeah. will be the defensive mindset of Manchester United? What do you think Ralph Rangnick will think that, how do I face Atletico Madrid with this defence? See, talking about the last since uh, Ragnik came, we have been uh, letting goals in every game, but still it is only like one goal or two goals, which 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 is actually better than how it was under Ollie. And I th- last few games, I can say we have improved a bit defensively. And uh, the only problem I have with our defense is the captain, Harry Maguire. If, if he is taken off from the captain, I think he can uh, come back to life. But right now he has a lot of pressure of the captaincy, and he he is just too inconsistent for a team like United. 
Uh, and uh, with Varan in, Varan, hopefully he's back for this game. He had a stomach pain. Uh, I think uh, stomach pain or some... He was ill, I guess. I, I Hopefully he... Uh, yeah, he was ill. I think hopefully he's back so we can have a partnership of uh, Varan and Maguire or maybe if Ragnik was the last match and saw how Lindelof uh, was and he, he, he would play... He might also play uh, Varane and Lindelof as uh, a centre-back partnership. And we also have a like we also have Dallo who's come back to life at United, and whose crossing is not like people talked. It's not like that good, but the distribution of ball while passing and all still from the back, it's uh, very good. He's better than what we had uh, with Van Bissaka and Luke Shaw. Is a great ball carrier. So I hope United beats Atletico now. So now that you've said it, let's go for it. The score predictions, Nachiket. Score predictions. Okay. I, the first game, keeping in mind that it's in Vanda Metropolitano, I I see United taking a draw from their 1 1 draw and we will beat them at home. Okay, so binary Ralph is back to life. Arun, what about you? Considering Man United's form historically against Spanish oppositions, I feel, however poor Atletico Madrid have been, Man United will struggle and eventually lose. I feel it is going to be a 1 0 Luis Suarez off the bench goal at the Wanda Metropolitano. The, the, the Scouser inside Liverpool, inside Suarez, just might come out for that match. So, again, good predictions. It was a good analysis for all the matches. I'd like to thank all my guests. It was good analysis, good predictions, quite some banter. So, that's it from our side, folks. And the next podcast we have, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a pre-show for the Carabao Cup. So, stay tuned.